people binge shows all the time. Girls like ourselves devour them. Children are put to bed early by their parents, hopefully to not be seen again that night. Housewives take the grocery money and invest in stars to watch seasons four and five. All episodes are consumed. Eventually. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, nerdy knights of the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Lady of That Thirsty Lake, Sarah O'Connor. Welcome. Slancha, everybody. I've got my gauntlets on today, too. They're very warm, so I might take them off momentarily. <laughs> Glenn McMillan checking in. Colleen actually means a lovely young woman in Gaelic, you can. Ooh, you certainly are. Bonjour, it's your favorite French lassie, Flo Siegel. So the BGS ladies through many very, very thirsty discussions. <laughs> we purred a lot during the discussions, too. <laughs> Decided to begin a detailed dorky dive into the sexy historical world of Diana Gabaldon's Outlander, a stars show adapted from novels. Be warned, especially for this episode. We will be talking heavily about mature content as well as discussing sensitive topics such as sexual violence and rape. Specifically in this episode, there will be discussion of rape. So please, please, please be advised. Caution, caution. Yeah, caution here. So make sure the barons are out of earshot. And with that, je suis prêt for a recap of episodes 11 through 16 of season one. The best season. Oh, the best season by far. And, <laughs> I've, by far. and I've only watched two seasons, but still the best season by oh, far. The show opens up on episode 11 to the witch trial against Claire and Galis with several witnesses testifying against them, including Leary and one witness testifying for them. Shocking surprise, the priest. Ned does his best, but in the end, one of them needs to be sacrificed, and Galus chooses herself, ripping off her clothes to expose her pregnant belly so that Claire can escape. But not before Claire recognizes the smallpox vaccine scar on Galus' shoulders that she, too, is from the future. That's what it means. Womp, womp, womp. Whoo! Really lucky they didn't make Claire show them her shoulder. That's very true, because she would have had a witch's mark, too. (laughs) When Claire and Jamie are finally reunited, Claire tells him all about the time travel, super duper sweet, and the failed Jacobite uprising. Jamie takes her to the stones to give her an opportunity to go back to her time, which, oh my God. That was so good. She chooses not to and asks to be taken home to Lollybrook. Okay, before we talk about okay. Lollybrock, can we just talk about the witch trial for a second? Oh, of course we wild. Can. Of course okay. wild shit happening at the witch trial. That was like some of the best television I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. Yes. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time when the priest came in and was like speaking highly of Claire. I was like, oh my gosh, like I was not expecting this. Like, go priest guy. Yes. And then he like totally flips against her and I was just like, she's gonna die like yes the stakes were never higher i was like all right well they say it's episode 11 but i could not even believe it and then when we saw galus's um vaccine i i i didn't even know what to do with myself i was like wait there's other time travelers like 
it blew my mind. And then when, spoiler, we find out that Galus is not actually dead, I was just like, ah! That blew my mind when yeah. she shows up. I was like, how? Yeah. <laughs> How so I don't know of this one. <laughs> this is me going la 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 because I don't know any of this y'all like I will say when I watched Galus like you kind of got the sense that something witchy yeah. was afoot and I kind of thought that she might have been a time traveler mm. but it wasn't until the smallpox vaccine that it really confirmed it for viewers. Mm -hmm. I had no idea like I thought really? she was like a really like witchy chick like the kind who would usually be burnt yeah. but I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> she looks she looks like the kind of lass who could get burned. <laughs> yeah, you would just barbecue her or whatever. But like I was not expecting the time traveling stuff. And then when we see her later in the future, in the 60s, yeah. I was just like, this is blowing my effing. <laughs> and so she like helped me with my recollection. She was still like Dougal would have been proud because she was talking about the Bonnie Prince Charles and like oh, yeah, wanted yeah, yeah. to get back. Like, yeah. again, she had a mission and that was going to be her mission. Yeah, she was like a super Jacobite Scottish nationalist. And so she was all from, you know, the 1700s or whatever to the 1960s. She like did not change her tune. Yeah. Mm -mm. And, and one more thing kind of before we move on about the trial. F. Leary. Yeah. Like you asked for yeah, a potion. I that last week. <laughs> yeah, like you asked for a potion. You received horse dung. You're welcome very much. Take your horse dung and cast Have a it potion. Up your own ass. <laughs> yeah, that was. I was. I was both surprised and not surprised to see Leary come forward. Like, how did she know that the trial was going on and other people well, at Collins? She's the one who sure. called the cops. Oh snap! Authorities. Mm -hmm. I am so angry right now. It's not even funny. What, yeah. Leary? Leary was the worst. Leary mm -hmm. is the worst. And when Complicit we see her in the again, murder of two women, that's yes. fine. Yes, she's vicious. And when we see her again in later seasons, like the she's second she came onto changed. my TV, I was just like, yeah. Sarah earmuffs. Oh. <laughs> Sarah, this show contains spoilers. <laughs> just, just realize if you see a person one time, you will probably see them again somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Oh my God, I could not with. Mm. Anyways, mm. we'll just keep going because I could talk. Yeah. About all night. Yeah, I'm ready to hear what happens at Lollybrook. Oh God, I love Lollybrook. I just Lally ordered candle with the scent Lollybrook. <laughs> So when Jamie and Claire arrive at Lollybrock, we get to meet his sister Jenny, who is straight up like MVP. The best. I'm obsessed with Jenny. She's so great. We also see her son Jamie, little Jamie. We Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> we burn Jamie. Yeah, we burn Jamie and um, Jamie's brother-in-law, Jenny's husband Ian, who true is such a true one. Love such a sweetheart. So He's much. ride or die. He's the best. Um, and there's a bit of family clashing. We learn the truth of what happened to Jenny and Blackjack Randall, how she fought back. She was not raped because she just laughed. Laughed at his soft <laughs> dick. Laughed at the facility <laughs> of his penis, which was amazing. Queen. Absolute queen. <laughs> and then we also learn later from Jamie that his father actually died at Jamie's whipping. The, like, Tragic. 100 on 100 lashes whipping. 
Um, and then Jamie shakes things up as the Laird of Lollybrock by not collecting the rents, and he and Jenny have it out, which, like, fair that she would be pissed, because, like, she's been running this estate for years, and he just, like, shows up and is just like, eh. Four years. I'm a man. I can do the man's job. Yeah, that was effed up. Like, Jenny, Jenny is amazing. Four, four years gone, and it takes less than three days for him to screw it up. Jeez yeah. Louise. And I mean, like, I get it. Like, he doesn't want people to, you know, be in a tough spot. But it's also, like, you have a job as the laird to, right. you know, if upkeep If you can't this- keep the estate going, exactly. then these people will die and starve anyway. Like. Exactly. So. Come on, Jamie. Yep. He's a people pleaser. He wants people to like him. Oh, and we do. Yeah, I mean, he can people please me anytime. (laughs) I'm sure he could. Speaking of pleasing people, but not in that way. Mm. The men of the watch arrive at Lollybrock. Ugh. No me gusta at the watch. And Jenny's quick thinking has Jamie pretending to be a Fraser cousin. Well done, Jenny. Very Harry Potter at the Weasley wedding vibes. Yes. (laughs) Cousin This is our cousin. Another ginger. (laughs) Well well played. Well played at the Weasley wedding. (laughs) Afterward, though, while these guys are there, her water breaks. Jenny's water breaks. Baby be coming. And Claire tells her that her baby is breech. Not good when you have no access to a C-section. Real tough Uh. thing there. Yes, as a breech baby C-section mom, I am very glad I had a C-section, so I did not have to deliver a breech baby. Cheers to you, Jenny, for doing it. You're the real one. I would have been screaming too, running around. Be like, Claire, I can't do it, for real. So it's going to be a tough childbirth, needless to say. But Jenny swears Claire to secrecy. Women always be carrying the heaviest loads, y'all, especially in this series. Then we have Horrocks, who is a redcoat defector, blackmailing Jamie, threatening to reveal Jamie's true identity, and that Jamie has a pretty price on his pretty little head. Mm. But before Jamie's secret can be revealed, Ian freaking kills Horrocks. Yes, Ian for the win. Ian is, don't want to mess with Ian or Jenny. That will just lead to pain and suffering. Ultimately, though, Jamie tells the watch leader, Macquarie, the truth. And agrees to join their raid, which is ambush, leading to Jamie's capture by Redcoats. Sigh. Meanwhile, Jenny gives birth to a bonnie lass, Margaret, a.k.a. Maggie. So cute. Now, when Claire and Jenny learn of Jamie's capture, they set out to rescue him like strong women. That was How- the best part. I was just like, yes. up, ladies. go. Let's ride. Let's you ride. You just had a baby. Let's go. How Jenny is able to ride a horse after giving birth is beyond me. Let's be honest. Wild. So what is also further wild is Jenny and Claire capture a red coat and torture him for information about Jamie. Though Claire's a little bit wishy-washy about it, um, they still get the job done. The red coat fortunately carries a letter telling of Jamie's escape, which they tear up. Afterwards, our good friend Murtaugh arrives and kills the red coat and takes Claire to find Jamie as Jenny returns home to care for her burn. Murtaugh's plan is to have Claire, I love this, Gain a reputation as a healer so that Jamie can find them on the road. Cue a montage of a lot of healing. So when good. that, yeah, when that plan fails, Claire begins singing a body song of the 1940s tune to that tune, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. And this is like 
one of my favorite things ever. Cue the montage really? of her singing. Yeah, I jumped on that real fast. Like, I love I like the it. songs. <laughs> I love the songs. I love how it's body. I love how Claire gets to do it. And I love the whole montage thing. I totally find it believable. And I love when stories use song as as a plot device. Mm-hmm. And the idea of her siren calling to her man is just like mm-hmm. chef's kiss. I love it. I love it. I love it. Dougal hears this body little tune and sends them a message pretending to be Jamie. And ultimately when they reunite, tells them that Jamie has been recaptured, tried and is awaiting his flipping hanging at Wentworth prison. Dougal being the kind (laughs) uh, magnanimous man that he is proposes to Claire and Claire agrees to marry him if she fails at saving Jamie. Fortunately, some of Dougal's men agreed to help her rescue Jamie. Okay, so before we go on, mm-hmm. I just want to say, fuck you, Dougal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Uncle Dougal. Yeah, really nice. Nothing. And then I also think it's so interesting that you loved the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. I loved stuff. it. Because that was, like, my least favorite part of the season. (gasps) No! Yeah. Tell me why. Tell me why. Okay, well. I don't believe you. (laughs) Anybody who listens to our Mando pods will definitely know why. It's a side mission. And I couldn't. (laughs) It's not a side. They're trying to find Jamie. It was a side mission, peeps. Because we knew it it wasn't going to work. It was, like, a weird thing. And then when it got like taken by that other group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of works, but not really for them. Right. Right. It just, it felt like it dragged on a really long time. And I really, I think what really I was missing was Jamie. Like I really wanted yeah. Jamie and her to be back together because they have such chemistry that when they're not together in the show, it just feels long. Yeah. Would so you I just have, like it went long. would you, so like, the anticipation oh was too much for you. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And I, I think I was also just so legitimately worried for Jamie. Yeah. That mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't like can't stop putzing around with the song. Like, let's go, please. Yeah. Like, you have to go get him. See, and I found it totally believable because at this yes. point they thought he was like the, okay, let me he start was again. wandering around. He was hiding. Right. So Allegedly and... wandering around and hiding. Yeah. Right. My thought, my only angry point on this was just like, why didn't he find his way to Lollybrook? Like he's a yeah. smart enough lad to be able to figure it out. But I found it totally plausible and I love the song. So the I end. think like, especially thinking back, because I watched season one, you know, like a yeah. month or two ago at this point. Yeah. We see Jamie like, hide and use different identities under so many instances that it just Mm -hmm. seems strange like how long he was away like how long was that whole boogie woogie bugle boy time i know that's hard to say i would have to i mean it has to be weeks just for travel time alone yeah i'd say at least two weeks probably that's not too long i thought it was longer yeah Yeah, i thought it was longer three weeks maybe a month I thought it I thought it was like six weeks because they got yeah, really got exasperated months. with themselves. Yeah. That's true. They did get really frustrated. Especially so the, they say gypsy. I'm like, mm, I hate so when it, people say gypsy. Like the Romani it. people come in and steal their song. It's like, well, it's not copyrighted in your time. So Yeah, that was messed up. <laughs> so what it sounds like is we vary on the lengths in which it'll take for us to be satisfied, is what That's I'm right. hearing. 
Colleen is a quicker, I'm medium, and Flo, if it goes on too long, it's a side quest. <laughs> I'm a quickie girl, just like hit it, quit it, let's play. <laughs> well, Flo, what happens next? Yeah. Well, next is like the absolute pinnacle of the season. Um, so of right before, and we're going to talk about this deeper because, I mean, this like probably has changed my life. Right before Jamie is hung, Blackjack Randall arrives at the prison and begins torturing and raping Jamie, um, which was really horrific to watch. It was yeah. awful. He and, rides again, in like a white knight, which is even worse. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like, he's saving and him, but also... He rides in like Edward Tully actually got an ego and is ready to go totally. and, and goes out like Ramsey Bolton. Freaking <laughs> Yeah, and I want to take some time for sure to just talk about Wentworth because there's just so much to unpack here. But Claire tries to save Jamie to no avail and tells Randall the date that he will die, which was like super badass. Yeah, super ominous. That was super cool. (laughs) Murtaugh comes up with a plan to save Jamie, which is successful. Um, Understandably and unfortunately, Jamie continues to suffer from this ordeal. How could he not? Um, And he lashes out at Claire and pushes her away. But they decide to head to France for a fresh start. Whoop, my people. And Murtaugh comes with them. Claire hopes to change the future by meeting Bonnie Prince Charles and preventing the Battle of Culloden, where in theory, like, you know, like 90% of the Highlanders that she knows will get murdered. Exactly. Um, And as they're heading towards their new future, Claire tells Jamie that she is pregnant, which was quite a way to end this season. Yeah. It was really exciting. I felt like we kind of saw it coming that she was pregnant. I don't know. I felt, I felt like- See, I didn't see that coming. That's so funny. I have like such like attuned radar for like when pregnancy things are going to happen in shows because of my infertility and like how much stress it puts on me to see pregnancy in shows. Yeah. So I like, I for, I was like, for sure they've set this up, like not even a question, but it was really exciting because the first part of the first season is so much about her infertility yeah. and her inability to have a child with Frank that it kind of felt like one of my infertility sisters, like, got We'll get to face. talk about that next episode. Well, yeah. yeah. Next season was, it was that, season two was very rough for me to yes. watch. Season yeah. two was really hard. Really hard. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, and we'll talk about that first season, too. Is there anything else we want to talk about? About Well, no. Why don't we get straight into it, into the things to watch and listen for? Yeah, let's Flo, do, do it. You, do you want to kick us off? Me? Yeah, sure. you. Okay. Who do you be? Then who? Talk about those buds. Actually, this is really great for me to start off with because I'll tell you some family history of mine. Um, so Claire, while she's at Lollybrock, uses her knowledge to tell Jenny to plant potatoes and sell off any non-productive land, and Jenny complies. And so obviously, like this has to do with potatoes helping with um, like famine because people at that time did not really plant potatoes that much. Potatoes were considered like food for pigs and kind of like for slop. So actually, my maiden name is Parmentier or Parmentier, and my ancestor (laughs) was the person who discovered that people should eat potatoes. What? Yeah, and so he actually, like, had guards stand around a field so that people would think that they were guarding something really precious. Precious. Um, And so other people would steal it and then be like, oh my god, so. These are delicious. Uh, well, thank well your because like yes. I'm a little piggy for those potatoes. Like <laughs> I'll be a little pig. <laughs> this would be a problem in Ireland 
shortly after this, but that's exactly. for now, it does help. Like this it is does usually help. a very hardy crop that can survive almost anything. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. So good job, Claire. Yay, good job, Claire. Sarah, do you want to talk about the boogie woogie bugle boy because you love it so much? Yeah, we'll just drop this little tidbit. That little jazzy song is from the 1941s and Andrew's sister song that Murtaugh develops into a more Scottish inappropriate <laughs> um, when it comes to lyrics. It's not necessarily appropriate in the modesty area as long as it's covered on this podcast, though. It is good as gold. It's good. Yes. It's long, delightful. but so body. Yeah. I love a body like old fashioned song. Absolutely. I love that she was wearing pants. I was like, yes, girl, wear those pants. Yes. <laughs> and she wears pants later too when they get yeah. Jamie back. I was like, girl, yeah. rock those good. pants. Yes. So no good. one tells her not to. Colleen, why don't you do the next one, love? I love these guys so much. The Highland Coos. <laughs> This breed of rustic cattle was definitely around during this time. They are very shaggy, like their their hair hangs over their eyes. They're so cute. Oh my gosh. And they're adorable. And they trample Blackjack Randall faster than you can say, hey, Highland Coos. <laughs> it's a Highland cow, by the way. They just say Highland Coos here so in Scotland and touring around and you see them and you're like, can we go and pet the cows? I love that. And they let you pet the cows. That scene, I will say, like, that cow trampling scene at Wentworth kind of played for for comedy. Oh, yeah. Oh, for oh, yeah. sure. We needed a little like, lightning of the, the door mood. falls over. It's just like, it was like a cartoon. Yeah, yes, very wily Coyote. Yes, mm -hmm. 100%. Mm -hmm. All right, should we talk about Jamie's parents? Yeah, we should. Why don't you, why don't you uh, drop a little knowledge on us, Flo? Okay, so Jamie's parents are Ellen Mackenzie Frazier, the oldest of the Mackenzie kids whose brothers are Colum and Dougal. And she actually defied them by marrying whoever the F she freaking wanted, which was Brian Frazier, who was very strapping as seen in his son. <laughs> you can't, you can't resist a Frazier man. Oh, you cannot. Um, he was the son of Simon Frazier, Lord Lovett, who we will meet later. Mm -hmm. And equally determined to live the life he wanted, he defied his father and married Ellen. So like a really nice romance story there you know, kind of like wrong side of the tracks come together, Romeo and Juliet. So wrong side of the pota potato field. Potato farm. <laughs> Everybody loves Ellen. This is kind of like a Lily Potter situation where yeah. everyone loves her, yeah. except for Lord Lovett, but that's because he just wanted Brian to marry somebody else. But like Murtaugh loves her. The guy Murtaugh that made the pearls for her likes her. Yeah, Murtaugh loves her. The pearl guy is like, Ellen Mackenzie, I made these pearls for her wedding. And I'm like, dude, slow your roll. Okay, can the we talk moment. about that for a second? Yeah. Myrta was like into her, right? Yes. That's what I thought too. And mm -hmm. this this confuses me because Myrta looks of similar age to Jamie, but apparently- Ooh. He's older. He's yeah. like Brian yeah. Mackenzie's age. That really blew my mind. I did not realize he was that old and could have had a crush on Ellen. I was really surprised at that. Okay, but Colleen, he definitely does, like, in later seasons, right? Like, yes. it's verified? Because when he talks to Jocasta in, like, seasons four and five, that's a thing. La, 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 la. <laughs> okay, just checking. Oh, yeah. I, I was always, like... I think he loved her and like that's why he's guarding Jamie with his life. I mean, obviously he yes. made her a vow as his godfather, but yes. it felt like it was more than that. Like it was like, it was almost like a healthy 
Snape Lily situation. Yes, very yeah. much. He's the anti-Snape. Right. I thought that Murtaugh, I thought Murtaugh confessed to Claire he liked mm -hmm. Alan in this yeah. season. That's how I know of it. The yes. bracelets. Right, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. oh, well, forgot about That's it. when they kind of had their little bonding moment when she's like, uh, you loved my husband's mom. <laughs> Out this is your bracelet. mama's jewelry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So good. God, I love Murtaugh. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of Frasers, their surname is believed to be derived um, from Norman French, and it's supposed to mean of the forest men. So, you know, they've got <clears throat> wood. So there's oh. <laughs> hot wood. Wow. All right. Like just saying there. it writes itself it writes itself so this one was surprising to me because Frasier, when you look at it written more like strawberries looks, right yeah it looks more like frisier which is a strawberry bush mm -hmm. and so that was a little bit surprising but it also is quite close to the word forêt which is the word for forest so i mean i get it i think also, that's where the name derived from is the word foray if i okay. remember my search I mean, I'm sure that makes sense. And, and there's our French connection. The word fraise, which is strawberry, may also be derived like derived from the same word for forest. So yeah, and I and forest. I kind of like the idea of strawberry bush because of that red crop of hair he's got totally. up there, which yeah. Ellen also had. Mm -hmm. The only the only Mackenzie that had that red hair. Man, I do love a ginge. Yes, me too. I do too. Why don't we move on to how historically accurate Outlander is for these episodes. Colleen, do you want to kick us off? I will. I love this character. He's reprehensible and awful, but I love his portrayal. Love the character. He's dastardly. The Duke of Sandringham. I think he's yeah. hilarious. Is he real? He this is so funny. <laughs> he, yeah, this effing guy whenever he shows up. Alas, no, the Duke of Sandringham is not a real peerage title, but there is an estate in Sandringham, Norfolk in England. Yes. So there is at least somewhere near where it could be a peerage, possibly. She just liked the name and used it. The actor who plays the Duke is Simon Callow. He's really famous for roles in like numerous British films and TV series, but Americans might know him best as the Revels master Tilney in Shakespeare in Love. Oh, I love him in that. He's the one that's always trying to close down the playhouses and they make him the apothecary, I think in the, no, that might be the other guy. I have to rewatch that movie, but he's I... always trying to shut down the playhouses. Huh. Well, I you know heard... that, go ahead, Flo. I was going to say, when I first heard Sandringham, I'm like a little bit of a scholar of uh, British monarchy <laughs> and Sandringham is the country estate for Queen Elizabeth II. And so she often vacations to Sandringham. And so I was like, Is that oh. in the Norfolk estate? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Actually, let me double and check. There is the Duke of Norfolk. There are titles that are related yeah, to Yeah, it's, it's in, yeah, Sandringham, UK. Is the country house in the parish of Sandringham, Norfolk, England. It's the private home of Elizabeth II. So yeah, I know that she usually does Christmas at Sandringham, but is not this mm. year. So it's like a very big deal. That sounds Ooh. so much happier than the Duke that we get in this show. Right? See, and the thing is, if the Duke was in the Harry Potter universe, I'm sure that he and Professor Slughorn would be eating a lot oh. of candied pineapple together. Yes. Like, all they would do is nom, 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 nom. And he would know Lucius Malfoy very well. Yes. Yes. What did, hold on. What did you say, Colleen? And then what did you say, Flo? He would know Lucius Malfoy very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Flo, sorry. I know. I was going to say he is such a slughorn character. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the ultimate. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. All right, sorry, well, can you hit us with Wentworth? Yeah, I will. So Wentworth Prison is actually, and let me, help me out if I mispronounce this, Linethgow Palace in West, right. in West Lothian. West Lothian. <laughs> <laughs> Not the happiest place in Outlander, but the birthplace, which is so cool, of Mary, Queen of Scots, mm-hmm. celebrated monarch and fierce lady. And by the way, I love the show Rain. Yes. It's mm-hmm. definitely more like high school-esque than Outlander. Not historically accurate like at but all. But I <laughs> love like... Rain. Maybe sometime I can convince these two ladies to do Rain with me because I, I love Oh, I will. Right, so good. Megan follows as Queen Catherine. Yes. Oh, so good. She's so good. Okay, so then maybe you have heard it here first, ladies. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Flo, why don't you talk to us about the other magic beyond time travel that is allegedly going on? Yeah, this scene also hard hard for me. Yes. Um. So. There was a whole plot line where there was a fairy tree and a changeling um, in which Claire, like, tried to save the baby, touch the baby, and then the people thought that, you know, now the baby was a changeling. It was, like, a fairy situation. It was very strange. So it was a really difficult scene, and it is used against Claire in her witch trial. Mm -hmm. And in the book, the and this is her Colleen, because I have not gotten this far in the book. I'm like literally still in modern times in the book. So. It takes a little are while you, to get there. Are you like re rereading the oral sex scene? Is that what has well, you tripped up? Okay, here's what I, pause for the changeling. But <laughs> I basically started reading it and I was like, where's the sex? So then I jumped to where I knew there was sex in the show. Right. As the one line. does. Yeah, obviously. And then I'll go back. But it's right. Fun. So yeah, so in the book, the child is placed in a hollowed out rock instead of in a tree. And a fairy tree is actually more Irish than Scottish uh, with a bowl of milk to entice fairies because I guess they're cats or whatever. (laughs) And this tradition is historically accurate for Scotland during this time with the parents hoping that their strong child will be exchanged back for the failing fairy changeling. That was super hard. Just like the like leaving a baby in a tree was really difficult. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is like a failure to thrive situation. Is that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, right. that's, that's what it sounds like or some other sort of like, you know, you know, defect that would, that they wouldn't know about like right. meconium in the lungs or something mm-hmm. like that, or some sort of like pneumonia situation. Um, right. But it was hard. I, I like actually got flashbacks when I was younger and this is a horrible story. So if you don't like stories about animal abuse please skip now but oh no oh no and then we have cover your ears (laughs) when i was little i had a pet mouse and my sister had a pet mouse and they ended up having babies numerous times and we didn't know and my dad like put the babies outside to die basically and it was like extremely traumatic to my 10 year old self and i like got really weird flashbacks of that tenfold because this was a baby but yeah, it was just like mm. really sad to put something out to suffer instead of taking it out of its misery. So yeah, right. <laughs> On to something happier. <laughs> yeah, definitely, Colleen, take us away. <laughs> yes, yes. So last week, Flo asked why the Fraser clan words were in French. Well, <laughs> we got some research for you, y'all. The French-Scottish friendship goes back to 1295 with the old alliance because they were sick of English invading everywhere, basically. F them English. Everybody hates them, guys. Mm -hmm. Basically everybody. 
everyone for real hated England. Uh, the strongest ties occurred when Mary, Queen of Scots, who we'll probably talk about a little bit more next couple pods because of the French stuff, she weds the Dauphin of France, who is the crown prince of France, to secure themselves against the Protestant English because the Scots were Catholic at this point. We'll also have to go down that rabbit hole at some point because oh, dang, yeah. that's a doozy. That's a Tudor situation. Yeah, which is day. also, hold on, which is also, spoiler alert, another thing we might cover because the Tudors is amazing. But I yes, digress, Colony, please continue. And to this day, the French still love the Scots. When I lived in Paris, people asked me where I was from a lot, or they assumed I was from Scotland because of my hair, and I would be like, yep, yep, I am. And they're like, we love Scotland! And like, yay! So funny. I, and Canada. I mean, so I, I obviously am a French person. I grew up in Paris until I was five. And I went back a lot, and I have never heard anything about Scotland, like, ever. Like, nobody in my family has ever been like, Well, where have you been, Flo? Come on, Scotland and France, BFFs. Well, to be fair, I'm like- Because I spoke English and had the hair. They were like, Sure. Yeah, that made sense. (laughs) I'm, like, very, very distantly related to the French crown, and am, like, extremely far down in line. So maybe, like, we're just worried about our throne, and my family's like, keep it hush-hush. Yeah. <laughs> the princess of prequels indeed. <laughs> princess of prequels and like 75th in line to the non-existent French throne. <laughs> <laughs> all hail, all hail. So yeah, I mean, now I think would be probably a good time just to talk about that Wentworth um, mm-hmm. sequence that we see. And we see it over what, two episodes? Three episodes? I think it, I'm I going think it to technically say technically. Yes, because... Yeah. The raping, he has, Jamie, that is, has flashbacks when he's being intimate with Claire. And that's either three episodes or it might even, frankly, be four episodes. So that was particularly rough that they just kept bringing it up. It kept going. And I I think that was very difficult, but also very powerful just to show the lasting impact of that experience. Yeah. This was definitely the first male on male rape scene that I had ever seen on TV or I think yes. in anything, even like in books. That was shown this graphically. Shown this graphically because thank Shawshank Redemption, if I'm not I've mistaken. Mm-hmm. Okay then. Then and yeah, Shawshank, you're right. For a rated R movie really pulls back from that. They right. Show it very much. Well this show like really pulled in <laughs> like they really did yeah. you couldn't have gotten closer if you freaking put your hair over jamie frazier yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was um it was very eye-opening how many rape scenes i had seen where women are raped and how few i had seen in which men are raped and it made me think about just the kind of like flippant nature that society kind of has had now with portraying women as being sexually assaulted or raped in shows and popular media. And this was obviously a horrific, horrific event, but it was like, I struggle to say nice, but like an interesting turn, you know, that this was something- An overdue, an overdue turn. Because even like Game of Thrones doesn't touch on this. No, not at right. Even when we see Theon's, you know, absolute mutilation, He's it's still not, not raped. And it's not, it's not, when it gets to the sexual point, like when he is like castrated and 
get I think he gets like his whole penis cut off, right? Well, he was he was almost raped by one of Ramsey Bolton's men. Right, right, he was. No. And well, he was almost raped by Ramsey Bolton's men, but okay. but Ramsey shoots shoots the guy with an arrow. Oh, right, right. And right, right. acts like a savior. Right. And then as Colleen says, it was it was a rape, but not a rape with the women yeah. because right. there, there was perceived consent and then consent was taken very quickly away. Yes. Yeah. but seems even, also really rough. But it is really rough. But even then they like pulled away from it as yeah. soon as it started to get too sexual. Whereas Outlander Correct. really just like yeah. was persistent at making us watch it. And yes. I'm really messed up by that Wentworth sequence, but I'm yeah. also very thankful that I have had my eyes open to this. Like, yeah, this is not something that I thought I would see on TV during a pandemic. And um, it, it was a really powerful, powerful set of episodes. Yeah. Yes. And um, all of the kudos to Sam and Tobias for doing those scenes. The so acting cool. was incredible. The acting I mean, was incredible. I was absolutely terrified. And I warned Brendan, he was watching those yeah. episodes with me. And I said, like, you've be been bad. coming in and out of Outlander. These next ones are pretty graphic. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's I, the toughest in the series. Oh, da- easily. Yeah. Because so like hard. we said before, when we were comparing the, uh, the warnings at the front, even when, like, spoiler, Brianna gets raped later... And Claire gets raped in a very graphic scene in season five. So spoiler on that, Sarah, sorry. But no, that's, I mean, it's not okay, but it's okay. It's, <laughs> like, it's, an, it's endemic for the whole series. It's I mean, there's a lot of characters that, that get Ooh, that's sexually a fancy assaulted. Way. Yeah. I, I will say, though, like, even later in season five, where they put a very big spoiler warning about, like, you know, call this number if you're a victim of sexual violence, you know, et cetera, et cetera, which is great. Even then, in that extremely graphic gang rape of Claire. Oh my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> oh no, oh they no. They pull back. They pull back. Colleen, I don't think you've seen it yet, right? I have not seen it. Right. I knew it happened yeah. because of the reading of the book yeah. synopses. Well, I can I tell you, they pull back a lot. Like, we do not see it anywhere near as graphically as we see right. Jamie's rape by Blackjack Randall. And it does right. not go on forever. And you, it's the same with Brianna, and it's the same with Mary, yeah. too, right? Where they pull yes. back. Yes. And let's not forget about Claire's rape in season one. Yeah. Like, I don't think we actually covered it last episode right. when yeah. Jamie and her are being intimate. Like, in the that's, meadow. That's one of the things. So, like, to peek behind the curtains a little bit, I had been doing, like, a sex watch in our outlines where I, like, wrote down all the sex scenes. But one of the problems that we ran across besides like how do we tell our listeners you know minutes 17 and 56 <laughs> seconds because <laughs> that's how detailed I was one of the problems is that at least for season one there are at least three instances where it mixes very delicious sex with horrible any rape is horrible but horrible rapes occurring on screen yeah. so I found that to be not confusing, Jarring. but in a way confusing because it gets you all warmed up with the good sex and then the rape comes out of nowhere. Yeah. 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 It's a bait and switch. Like, what happened, Diana Gabaldon? 
what happened in your past that it has played. Yeah. Because there is a lot of it and it doesn't relent. And that's very realistic for women at that time. Absolutely. Well, which is the excuse they use in narrative for like, oh, it would have happened all the time. It's like, yes, but also, ah. Yeah. I think what was also very jarring with the Wentworth rape is that Blackjack Randall was almost like loving. Yeah, super intimate and like loving. And that's not depicted in the same way with the other rape scenes that we see. So it felt more like psychologically, like a mind fuck. Oh, it was was total psychological warfare because I think Randall did admire Jamie and, Mm -hmm. and- Certainly didn't love him, but had a perverse crush on him. He desired is, him. Yeah. There's all kinds of weird apt up stuff with Randall's brother too. That's like a, there's a whole lot of family therapy that needed to happen in that family. I think, could, that, I think that Randall almost used him like a whipping boy. Like I'm, I'm going to do this to you because I have these like sexual, what he would consider like urges, urges or like, messed up things which like obviously like it's not but because he couldn't act out on being like openly gay he like had to do this horrible horrible thing to jamie and it was like i'm punishing you for this thing that is within me it has nothing to do with jamie and we see you know a separate gay relationship with john gray love lord john gray is so loving and giving and wonderful and he desires Jamie deeply, but like, it's just a completely different way of dealing with these like inner urges with Jamie. And it's, it's yeah. very different. It's very interesting how the show does that. Yes. And yeah. they're both highborn men. Yes. And yes, their family dynamics are probably very different, but it's not like Black Jack Randall is coming from a very low yeah. place on the totem pole. Cause you could say, oh, well, Lord John handles this way better way way better than the repressed nature of black jack like yeah Yeah. well john gray is a king oh we gonna be talking about lord john gray in the coming pods about john gray because we stand john gray so hard in this house my husband is obsessed with john gray john gray he gets his own series book series (laughs) that's what i hear when i heard that i was like wow buying john gray books Before we talk talk about John Gray any further, since that's in a future pod, we still need to talk about the spanking scene. And to remind listeners, this is something that we didn't get to cover from last week's episode, but lest we we ourselves get spanked for not covering this portion of the scene. To remind listeners, Claire had tried to escape and run away to get to the rocks to return to her husband and she was taken by the Redcoats and they eventually got Claire back like the Murtaugh gang. And Mm -hmm. so all of them are really PO'd at Claire for putting everyone at risk. And so they tell Jamie like, you need to get your shit together. Get your (laughs) Your woman in line. Yeah, get her in line. And what that meant was corporal punishment. And so Jamie ends up chasing her around the bedroom and spanking her. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really tough scene. In the book, it's not great either. And they play it kind of for comedic effect. But Jamie liked it. That's like, you yeah. look at Jamie's And in the face, book, Claire kind it. of likes it too. There's like a weird violence, sexual thing that's going on with Jamie and Claire throughout the entire series of the books. Oh. 
that's like Claire doesn't mind it if it's rough. So the, this is like kind of a weird time for them. But then she's also super pissed because he freaking spanked her, which I would also be real mad about. Yeah. I do like that they use it for Jamie to grow and say, please forgive me, Claire. Yeah, Our relationship will have to be different. I throw myself upon this knife. I will never touch you again in that way. And then yeah, they have great sex where she cool. grabs the knife, puts it to his throat, and he's not mad about it. <laughs> yeah, Jamie's really into knife play. He's like super, he's on BDSM TikTok. He's on kink talk for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but that scene, it made me so angry the first time I saw it. I'm like, how dare he? Like, yes, she huh. did put people in danger. They don't understand the circumstances of why she did. She can't tell them. So she's like, I said, I'm sorry, and I will listen to you now. But then, like, mm, just I think, like, because I haven't read the scene in the book, it really did play more for humor on the show. In and they use Jamie's POV too in that right. episode, so it's right. more like I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is played for humor because Claire's like calls him an effing sadist, and he's like, yeah. I don't know what any of that means. That I like how he later finds out what it means because he asks yeah. her. The mm-hmm. more you know. Bring, bring. Vocab moment for Jamie. I don't know. Yes. I, thought, I thought it was kind of hot. <laughs> so did Claire. And that's probably one of the reasons she's mad also. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's hard to have your kinks shown to the world, I guess. Like, especially when you haven't figured them out for yourself. And, you know, she's been at war for a long time. She wouldn't have had like a lot of exploration time. Yeah, that's another vocab thing. Explore. Bring. Yeah, the more you know. <laughs> and she is only 27, so it's like she hasn't had every flavor. Uh, and we're not here to shame anybody for their kings no. here on BGS. So no. if you're into spanking, get after it. <laughs> I was more it. mad that he was doing it as a punishment instead yes. of like that's, a that's gratification the thing. thing. Like, there was a lack of consent there for sure. And so yes. I think that's that's the main issue for sure. It's not not the spanking in itself. It's the fact that she had she was there there was a power imbalance. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. there wasn't an ability for her to fight back, not oh, against right. those muscles. Yeah. Totally. Well, do we want to talk about favorite actors? We touched on this a little bit, but Colleen, why don't you take it away for the little bit that we've got left? Yes, Duncan LaCroix, or LaCroix, <laughs> we're going with the French pronunciation, as Murtaugh Fraser. Yes, King. His devotion to Jamie is second to none, although he still holds a torch, like we've said, for Ellen Mackenzie Fraser, his <laughs> Jamie's mom. His relationship with Claire in these episodes is so fantastic, and Duncan's performance is amazing absolutely he's so tender and yet so gruff (laughs) it's like he's genuinely that guy who's like on the outside like i don't like anybody but on the inside he's a big old golden marshmallow absolutely he's a teddy bear for sure i Mm -hmm. love him and if you get his loyalty it's like forever he will never ever leave you which i love about murtaugh yeah he's so great I yeah I just love him in later seasons too he's mm-hmm. he's a winner when he does a good job of appearing smaller because Murtaugh in the books is supposed to be fairly short mm. and Duncan LaCroix is like six feet or taller oh wow I would not have thought that at all no me either. I was like you're doing a really good job yeah he, of appearing smaller yeah I can't what? wait to talk about him in Paris 
Yeah, buddy. I started watching that, so I do know a little bit about it. But I think, I think this is where we should leave it today, leave it a little tantalizing for two. And thank you so much for being with us. And come back next time when we continue exploring Outlander and other geeky goodies, like our new series where the whole team is exploring The Mandalorian Season 2. And remember, folks, regardless of whether you're listening on our podcast, you can see us on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can start listening to that podcast. Either way, leave us really nice reviews because we love reading them and tell other friends to join in the geekiness. Remember, you can check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes and enjoy Colleen's book corner where she's reviewing Star Wars literature. You can also send us your theories and queries via email and social media. Either way, until next time, raise Jamie Fraser's saber way up there and keep yeah, he's episodes it. streaming. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye, <laughs>